This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 23rd of July. So they all start coming out on LBC and saying that they've all admitted to smoking cannabis. And yet the one bloke you'd have thought would have tried cannabis would have been Jeremy Corbyn. Good for him. He's never tried it. Never tried it. I mean, how amazing is that? No jail for the vile Chelsea racist, but guilty, 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 guilty. The Jet Set Lotto winner is just a sad fantasist in a rented room with his girlfriend who must have realised what an old fraudster she's living with. The cream that apparently can shrink your bust. I don't know why you'd want to shrink your bust. I mean, that's, I've got another line about that. The mum who put her Down Syndrome boy in a washing machine just for a laugh, apparently. Well, we'll laugh at her later. And uh, bankrupt 50 Cent. I'm a fake. Plus also... Uh, more pictures in OK Magazine of the dreary wedding of the year. Yes, Peter Andrex and that boring girlfriend of his, now wife. I mean, who cares, honestly? You know, once you've seen one picture of Peter Andre, you've seen the whole oil slick lot of them. It's very, very, very dull. It's enough to send you to sleep. But obviously, poor old Peetsy, in his sad, deluded little world, seems to think that we're interested in that kind of old rubbish. Uh, the solar subsidy, which they reckon saves you only pound twenty a year. And do you remember those war medals, Violet Zabo? And what did I say at the time? We estimated £300,000 and they went for £260,000. And who did I say you should buy them? And I appealed to him on LBC to buy them. Lord Ashcroft bought them. And I bet you anything they'll be appearing in the Imperial War Museum. If you go there, there's a whole room devoted to the uh, Victoria Crosses that uh, this man has bought and uh, donated to the museum. And so there's a special room. And I hope that Violet Zabo's go in there as well. I would like to think that they would. They're, they're so, so so special. But I'm glad that we uh, we predicted that one. Uh, the child abuse cover-up at the very heart of government. Do you know, it sounds to me, and if you read certain newspapers, that there was some giant paedophile ring going on within Parliament because they were exempt from anything. Until they dropped dead and then people started talking about them. So now you know about the MPs and about the people in hierarchy who were involved in the abuse of children. Some of them were even married. Some of them were even married. Essex guys and girls are top of the pox. Yes, there's more illnesses doing the rounds. But there again, you watch the only way as Essex. They seem to drift in and out of each other's beds, you know, willy-nilly. Well, just willy. Uh, Piers Morgan's going to get a full-time job. Because poor old Piers has been trawling around daytime television, hoping to land something dumped from America because he just doesn't have the likability factor. Uh, he wasn't on uh, Britain's Got Talent anymore. He wasn't much good at that. He didn't really know anything. The trouble is, he's a bit sort of a bit snooty and he looks down his nose at other people and it just doesn't work. But apparently they're desperate to get him on uh, the Good Morning Britain programme. I've got no idea why. No idea why. He's got no warmth on television. There's nothing that emanates from the, from the television that says that he's, he's a team player. Nothing that emanates and says to me he's, uh, he's any good. And he's got nothing in common with the audience. Absolutely nothing. Zero in common with the audience. You know, with Simon Cowley's got a few things in common. But that, I mean, who cares about that? Nobody cares at all. Uh, the Harrods Cake Man, that was a great story. I, I was dying to do it last week on the programme, but because it was in a, a tribunal, I couldn't actually sort of touch it. I wanted to see what the outcome was. And basically, it's a story of a bloke who worked at the Godiva Cafe. I say worked because I'm hoping they've, they've kicked him uh, out into touch. And uh, somebody sent a cake back because they said that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't sort of fresh or so, whatever it was, I can't remember. Anyway, he tried a piece of it. And... Um, 
and they then took him to task. You're not supposed to start eating. You know, you're there to work. You're not supposed to eat. He then trumped up these charges against, I think, the manageress in there, saying that uh, he, uh, she was racist towards him and all the rest of it. He was quite clearly a dying man who was clutching at straws and thought that he'd sue them for a million pounds. Well, quite clearly, the judge thought differently. Threw it out. Threw it out. So we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Uh, the embarrassment that's Millie McIntosh. Again, a story that appears in today's papers that we did uh, the other day. And it's a picture of poor, sad, old, deluded Millie McIntosh and her peculiar husband, Professor I've Got No Street Cred Green anymore, taking a picture of her in the bath. I mean, dear God, is that what their life has come to now? Her parents must be so thrilled. That's our daughter on the internet. In the bath. Oh, God help us. That's the trouble, you know, when you start mixing the classes. Although I secretly always thought he was a bit snooty. And uh, I always thought that, actually, he was just pretending to be street. Uh, Gemma, the quitter. Gemma, the hut. Gemma, the jabber. Gemma, the foul-mouthed woman. Gemma, the I've had sex with Arge. Gemma, well, you know, I'm this and I'm that. Gemma, talentless. Gemma, stupid. Apparently, she wants to go back in the jungle... I've got no idea why she wasn't any cop first time round. And uh, I don't see that she's going to go second time round. Bosses are fascinated to see if she can overcome her fear. There is no fear at all. She's a fraud. From top to bottom. Fat girl, fat Gemma. The one with no boyfriend. Hardly any friends at all. She seems to just sit there and stuff her face. She's 34. She's, you know, time is ticking away. That old clock is going tick, tick, tick. It's speeding up as well for her. She says, um... When she, she came out last time, I'm not cut out for this, but we predicted, if you remember, cast your mind back and go check back in the podcast, I said she won't do a week in there. And I was absolutely right. Uh, they say the bosses are desperate to give her another an, another chance. No, they're not. No, they're not remotely interested. If they put her back in there, the only person they actually put in was poor old Katie Price. You know what a vile old bag she turned out to be. And uh, so Gemma Collins, I mean, she doesn't have anything else, does she? She's got nothing else going for her, but apparently they all like to pretend they're very successful business people. I always like that. Business person. She can't even string two words together in the English language. How in God's name she can be a she can be a a sort of a businesswoman, I've got no idea. But having told you about some of the other names that could be going in, um Stevie Ritchie and some poor old creature called Chloe Jasmine. Oh dear love, your five seconds is up. Your five seconds is finished. Goodbye. Go away. <laughs> Blow them away. And Stevie Ritchie, apparently they're telling us their love life's great. By which they mean, we've really got nothing else to tell you about ourselves, so we need to tell you about that side of it. Uh, they reckon Janice Dickinson, I, mean, I don't know why they're bothering with her, she must be near to death, I should imagine. She's so old, and so decrepit, and so, so ghastly. They're also saying Paul Dannon, I mean, you know, a man who's been in trouble with the police, we've had drug issues, we've had everything, I don't know why they're bothering with him. They were also saying that maybe Daniela Westbrook could go in, which would be lovely, wouldn't it? Nice to see somebody melt down completely on television, because she'll spend most of her time crying, because that's all she does. I mean, these people, how oh, they made it to adulthood, God alone knows. And, uh, and the latest one, they reckon, to resurrect a career, laughingly a career, Gail Porter. Who? Gail Porter, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's what they're saying now. Apparently, she's on the road to recovery after a divorce, alopecia, and a, you know, and, uh, and a divorce, something, you know, like most other people have to go through, you know, but of course, it's been 10 years for hell, for hell for poor Gail Porter, who used to be on the television, and then, frankly, she, they just ran out of time with her. They just gave her up. She's hoping the Big Brother house can push her back into the limelight. I don't think so, dear. 
better you stay out of it. It's, there's not really much point, is there? Because otherwise we can have about ten people meltdowning at the same time. Oh, the other one they thought it was, um, was Dan Osborne, that nasty little thug who threatened to knife his girlfriend. Class act, isn't he? Class act. I'd be glad to see the back of him. Certainly don't want to look at the front, do I? And, um, oh, she's had bipolar. Oh, God, they've all got it. I think I'm bipolar myself every time I read the newspapers. I'm totally convinced I've been here before. It's like a deja vu situation where you go through the papers and you go, not blooming Gemma Collins again, not Daniela Westbrook, the one who was ceremoniously dumped by Hollyoaks. You've got to be pretty bad on that. I suspect it was the old Colombian back again. And I don't know how she affords it. She didn't seem to be working. So she'll need to do something. But all these people, they've got children. That's what's the embarrassing thing, isn't it? Nobody tells them about contraception. Because they're obviously too stupid. That's why Louis Tomlinson, I mean, quite clearly a plank of the first order. You know, friend, pregnant, only been going out two weeks. Now they're not going out. And she lives in America, so for the rest of his life he's going to be paying for it. What a dimbo. What a dimbo. This was one who was going to buy a football club. We knew that was a bit fraudulent as well. But the idea of putting Gail Porter on there to resurrect a career. Darling, you never had a career. The only thing you're ever famous for is being projected onto the House of Commons, but that was like 500 years ago. I remember a friend of mine, they used to do a programme, and I think it was on a Saturday morning, and I think it was from Scotland, and um, Gail Porter was slightly peculiar. In between takes, she would sit on a chair with her thumb in her mouth. Seriously. A friend of mine worked on the programme. He said, she's not all there, you know. I said, well, I'm not at all surprised. You know, and then she went through a divorce. She's always been an attention seeker. She's always been one of these people you think, you know, you look at her and you go, who are you? I'm Gail Porter. Yeah, and what? And what? What have you contributed? The answer is nothing. What has Gemma Collins ever contributed to anything? Nothing. You know, she's just a fat bird who can't speak properly with bleached hair and somebody does her makeup and that's about as bad as it gets, I'm afraid. But I do love the story. Oh, no. I was going to tell you about the, uh, the pair in the phone box. The parent, they're a class act. I mean, two uglies at the same time. You can't believe... She apparently claims she's 41. I thought 60. He's apparently an amateur boxer. I don't think they work. I don't think they're actually working. And uh, they were going to buy piranha. And they, t- they bought a few tinnies from the supermarket. I think you know what they are. And, um, and he thinks that... She thinks that he's her toy boy... They're just a pair of chavs, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I seriously, when I looked at them, I thought, dear God, why would you want to go in the paper? He looks like there's something the matter with him. He looks like the Hulk, but, you know, not not in a nice way. And uh, they've had dozens of calls from people who've recognised us. We're not ashamed and can't really see what all the fuss is about. No, I mean, listen, ugly people can can have sex. I don't have a problem with ugly people having sex. And uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know if there's children involved here, (coughs) but apparently... Uh, Lisa's a bit older than me, goes clever boy, because he's boxer. You know, like boxes. And uh, I think I'm a bit of a toy boy for her. She never says no when I suggest a cuddle. I'm going to be sick, I think. <laughs> too disgusting for words. But the story on the front page of The Sun is the, uh, apart from quitter Gemma, or just silly girl Gemma, uh, is the aunt who sees the British bungee girl killed. I mean, dear God, I've always said I'm terrified of bungee jumping. I would, nothing on earth would get me to do it. Not in a million years. The idea they go, you just jump off here and you go, da-da! Not me. Not me, thank you very much indeed. But it's of a sad, delusional Vladimir Wilson. What a pathetic waste of space little Vladimir turns out to be. And we'll tell you just how sad he is. As a fame-hungry skint hoaxer in a moment. And his poor little girlfriend, who must be as delusional as he is. Perhaps she's as stupid... Perhaps she really believes that he's got all these things, but 
he's living in a flat share and he's looking for a job and he doesn't have one, so he had made up a lifestyle. Because that's what we've got in this country now. We've got prats like him. Quarter past four. Look at the team at breakfast this morning, which is seven o'clock on LBC. Knife crime has risen for the first time in four years. Uh, the Met Police found 62 knives in a car boot. Is it time, they'll ask, to bang people up if they're caught carrying a knife even just once? Yeah. I think 62 is hanging, don't you think so? And uh, an LBC exclusive to add to London's environmental concerns. That's with Nick Ferrari this morning at 7 o'clock after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. It's nice of you to, uh, to join us. Thank you for being part of the, the huge spike on LBC. I, think, I don't know why it's called a spike, to be honest with you, because it doesn't have a sharp end to it. It just sort of goes, just sort of goes up to the heavens. It's like a rocket. And it's nice to be coming. I must thank yesterday. I went uh, because I was uh, interviewing Jane Asher yesterday. She's, she's absolutely lovely, as you will hear this weekend for In Conversation, because it's Jane Asher and Carol Vorderman with me for Sunday. Both absolutely delightful. Both been on the programme before and both still as lovely as they were first time round. So that'll be this weekend. So by the time I got home, I was running a wee bit late and I needed at some point yesterday to get a haircut. You know when your hair starts going a little... All right, I'll make a joke about it. You know, I don't have a huge amount of hair, which means that you have to look after it a little bit... Um, a little bit more. So if you keep your hair short, you've got to keep it trimmed short. So I went to get that and then I thought, wait a minute, I need to go and pick up my... Tommy Bahama shirts from DHL up at Heathrow. And the last time I went there, because I hadn't been to DHL before, so the last time I went was the first time I'd been, and I put it on sat-nav and it took me round the houses. This time I know exactly where I'm going. Exactly where I'm going, and I did there and back in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, which I was quite pleased about. So yesterday we had this disaster, and I'll explain for those people who don't know, because you might encounter it as well. You will order something online, uh, and an awful lot of online... Distributors in America will send stuff by DHL, but it will only go to you. It will only go to your home address. They will not leave the package. The person has got to sign for it. And this is where you get problems. It's great if you're a retired person. You're sitting at home all day just waiting for the parcel. If you're kind of like me and you don't know when you're going to be in or out, I always miss them. And so the first time it happened, I sort of was relaying the story on air and saying how difficult it was. And I wasn't sure, because after a while, they might sort of send the parcel back to the state saying we can't get hold of the person. I thought, God, no, we can't have that. Luckily, Gary from DHL listens to the programme and, uh, and he was able to sort out with Alan Wormsley, who's up at DHL as well. So between the three of us, but mainly between them, they managed to make sure that I could collect my parcel. Because the one thing you can't do if you have it sent from abroad is you can't have it redirected somewhere else in case they think it's going to be fraudulent. And you can't go and collect it from anywhere. It's got to come to you. So this was a, a bit of a special dispensation, but it's, it's, it's proved a nightmare for me. So when the last parcel arrived, as I got a bit carried away with buying these shirts. So the first time it was two shirts. Second time it was three shirts And I go up to DHL to pick up the last ones uh, This time I go up there yesterday to collect them The lady behind the counter recognises me She doesn't even ask for identification this time She goes, oh they're here for you <laughs> well, Thank you I just felt really, I said I'm going to try not to do this again But you know, believe it or not I did yesterday go online to Tommy Bahama's website And I have a feeling I might be ordering some more But 
It's the fact that, you know, it's obviously the safest system to operate. It's just, I wish I could think of some way around it, but I can't really. But thanks to the people who listened to this station and to listen to this programme in particular, we were able to have a nice ending and everybody was very happy. Everybody was very smiley, smiley, and it was all lovely. So I got home, I looked at the shirts, went, oh, they look quite nice, actually. And the good thing about them, I was wearing one yesterday and Jane Asher said, my husband's got some of those. She knew exactly what they were. Her husband is Gerald Scarf. You know, the man who did all the stuff for Pink Floyd's The Wall and things like that. And um, and so we, we were talking about these Tommy Bahama shirts. I said, I'll tell you the reason I like them. I said, not only do they wash well, they're like a silk mix. I said, but the colours stay exactly the same. Over the years, I've got seven-year-old Tommy Bahama shirts. You know, the printed ones make you look like an extract, uh, sorry, an extra from Hawaii Five O. And the colours stay the same. They hang well, they iron really well, and they don't crease up a bit. So I was, I'm quite pleased with them. So I went and got them yesterday. Then I came back, got a haircut. By this time, I'm running about half past three. I'd even got round to watering the baskets. Then I had to make some phone calls. Then I was texting Stuart at Sandy's fish shop in Twickenham. And then, and then in between that, my friend Ian, who works for another radio station, my friend Paul, who works for another radio station. I'm literally, I'm, I'm tweeting backwards and forwards, but at the same time, I'm trying to water the baskets because I thought, I can't leave them. Because it was a bit windy yesterday. So yesterday was a nice day. It was, it was a really lovely... And I did tweet it was, a, it was a great day. My friend Paul, terribly cynical, he says, that, you know, I mean, how many... How much minutage do you get out of telling people about your day-to-day running with your shirts? Even, even Joanne Webb said to me, I know everything that goes on, on, your, on, on in your life, she said, because I hear it on the programme, you know, talking about the shirt. Because I said to her about the shirt, she said, I know, because I heard it this morning. <laughs> I don't know. Is everybody listening to this station? The answer is yes. I hope the reality stuff, who's a compulsive liar, is listening. His name is Vladimir Wilson. He's 27. Uh, he boasted to, uh, to friends uh, that he had a jet-set lifestyle. He reckoned he'd won 5.6 million. And the poor delusional creature that he is, obviously he's got something the matter with him. He sort of posted pictures of, uh, of watches. Uh, one of them was... Uh, was a watch which was 50,000. So he tweeted a picture of it. I mean, he's quite, he's got quite a few screw loose. And then he put, I think I might go watch shopping today. Uh, then there's a picture of him uh, in a new Bentley GTC, which of course, again, fraudulent. Uh, a picture of champagne. He says, champagne on ice for tonight. And it's a bottle of Dom Perignon vintage. And of course, all fake, all fake, all delusional. Uh, I couldn't resist. He saw a luxury uh, Maserati. Uh, then he went shopping, and uh, he's been here to... I don't know where he went, actually. I think Chanel and Dior. Uh, then he also had a picture of uh, of a car, the billionaire lifestyle. And he's put down here, billionaire lifestyle, I love it. Of course, he's a fraud. And his poor girlfriend, obviously as delusional as he is, because she's obviously got along with this pile of old rubbish. And uh, on his Twitter message, money may not buy happiness, but I'd rather cry in a Bentley than on a bus. But of course, he can't even afford to go on a bus, the poor old soul. He's just a bit of a sad person. So he boasts of this jet-set lifestyle. And um, uh, the son can reveal he's jobless. He lives in a modest flat on the Isle of Dogs with his girlfriend and other tenants. He's appeared on ITV... MTV filming a Channel 5 documentary and a pilot for a game show for a firm called Monkey Kingdom. He was rumbled uh, by The Sun, claiming he'd blown much of his fortune on his sex addiction. He's quite clearly been dropped on his head as a child and he's now living in this fantasy world. Um, He also, despite having a steady partner, and she's obviously as daft as he is, 
Uh, he paid for sex as recently as this month. He claimed he won £5.6 million, but because of his age, Camelot advised him not to go public, which, of course, is a blatant lie. He just is a compulsive liar. You couldn't employ him in anything. You couldn't trust him as far as you could throw him. He said, I didn't want to put my family in the limelight or under pressure. Uh, then he changed the date because somebody discovered that the jackpot was only £4.9 million. So he had to change the date. And then he changed the date again. He's also got debts of 20 grand. He's obviously a sponger, isn't he? And he's got uh, county court judgments against his name. Uh, when, um, when presented with the evidence uh, and asked if he'd won the lottery, he said, no, I haven't. He admitted he made it up to gain exposure and build a career in reality TV. I mean, I don't really think any reality TV show that's worth its salt would uh, would recommend putting a fraud on a programme. You know, I mean, I, I don't. I think he should be dropped immediately. He claimed he had a well-paid job in Gibraltar and he did this and he did that. He boasted of spending a quarter of a million pounds um, on parties and stuff like that. He appeared on MTV, Judge Geordie with uh, Vicky Pattinson earlier this year and discussed his sex addiction. It's all lies. It's just lie after lie after lie after lie. It's, it's a really sad indication of how far a compulsive liar can go. But uh, he's now been ditched from Britain's flashiest families over the hoax. ITV and Monkey Kingdom declined to comment, and MTV have thanked The Sun for alerting them. But, you know, you have to ask the question, MTV, don't your researchers check anything... Don't they do any checks at all? So if I come to you and go, well, actually, I'm, I'm really 97. I know I sound a lot younger. And actually, I'm so stinking rich, I own this entire building. Would they not check? MTV must have some really dumb researchers. But there again, I often thought, even on Surprise Surprise, the researchers were, you know, at least they were up to the mark. You know, you get people going on Surprise Surprise. When Scylla Black used to do it, and they'd go on there and they'd go... And, and, and Scylla would go, hello, Chuck. And she'd bring somebody down from the audience. And some poor old woman would sit there and they'd go, so, Muriel, I know all about you. And Muriel would go, do yeah," Because Muriel was kind of in on the gag. And she'd go, I know that your twin sister, Doris, moved to Mozambique 40 years ago and you've not seen her since and you've not been in contact. No, goes Muriel's straight face, thinking we're in for a free holiday. And then, that's what they used to do on Surprise, Surprise. I saw through it straight away. And so the, uh, they said, well, our researchers have found your Doris in Mozambique. And Muriel would go, no. And you can talk to her now via a video link, which, of course, you knew was another fake setup because old bag Doris was sitting out the back. In a, and she'd go, hello, Muriel. And Muriel would go, hello, Doris. And Silla Black would go, well, surprise, surprise. She's not in Mozambique. She's here. And through the curtain, in a puff of smoke, would arrive Doris, who, of course, was just on an old freebie holiday. And that's what it is. The, the researchers had found her in five seconds. She was in the phone book. Makes you wonder why Muriel. The names are made up, of course. But that was the gist of it. And that's why, when you get this poor, sad bloke here, little Vlad, you know, who's now been dropped from all these programmes, he says his lotto lie was regrettable and he'd learned from his mistakes. You feel sorry for him, don't you, really? I mean, poor soul. I mean, in about three years' time, he'll be bald as a coot. Will your little girlfriend still be will you, Vlad? Or has she kind of worked out, like the rest of us have, that you're just a fraud from start to finish? Time now is 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. 
Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. It's LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast till 6.30. It's Thursday, the 23rd of July. Anything more than that, you'll have to find out for yourself. I really haven't got the time uh, or the inclination to tell you any more information. Um, There is a story of a mum in the paper today who put her Down syndrome boy in the washing machine and then took a picture of it. She's quite clearly another one of these stupid people who thinks this is funny. Who thinks it's funny? I mean, I just don't, don't quite get where they're coming from half the time. Uh, more pictures in OK magazine. I mean, how, how many more weeks do we drag out the wedding bore of the decade? I'm afraid. Poor old Peter the oil slick Andre and his lovely wife. She's the most beautiful girl in the old wide world. I don't know. I've looked at her. She's not going to age well. You can tell, can't you, with some people when you look at them. And then, you know, you look at Peter Andre's children. And I don't want to be rude about them, but they aren't the best looking children in the world. And let's face it, we have seen enough of them as they expose them to just about everything. I've never known anybody exploit children so much. You know, they're there at every opportunity, every every camera that turns there. In fact, Junior started even asking where the cameras are now, which is slightly peculiar. No jail for the Chelsea racists. I mean, we knew they were going to be found guilty, didn't we, to start with? You know, because it was all captured. It was all captured on the CCTV. People put it on their phones and everything else. One of them was a former copper. One of them was a former copper. I couldn't believe that at all. I mean, but I suppose, you know, copper doesn't make any difference, does it really? Uh, who the uh, who the person is. If you, th- if you think like that, well, then you think like that. And so they've sort of put them in the papers today. Not in, uh, not in prison yet. They're saying they might go to prison. I shouldn't imagine they will. I shouldn't imagine. They're just going to be banned from, I think, every, uh, every Chelsea game for the next God knows how many years. It could be... Uh, it could be sort of, I think one of them is three years, some are five years. This uh, quartet, they've been banned from attending UK games, totaling 18 years. They were filmed, you know, on the Paris Metro, pushing a black man off a train and chanting abuse. Uh, Richard Barclay, 50, uh, is a former policeman. I mean, a disgraced person. What a pathetic waste of space he turned out to be. What a pathetic waste of space. Disgrace now. And uh, then there was ex-public schoolboy Josh Parsons, 20. Another pathetic person. I love the way that uh, Simpson, um, this is William Simpson, who got a three-year ban, was uh, was uh, captured outside the court coming out and the film crew followed him down the road. So, are you a racist? No comment. I thought, we know who you are. We know who you are, mate. Hit from bands, all of them. Josh Parsons, Jordan Mundy, each banned for five years for disorder. William Simpson, a three-year ban. A fifth fan, Dean Callis, had earlier accepted three years. The maximum sentence was six months jail. The charity show Racism, the red card, expressed surprise. The court imposed no other punishment. Chase Chelsea later banned all five for life. Pathetic people, aren't they? And especially, I mean, a former cop, Richard Barkley, honestly. Talk about rotten apple. It's clearly pushing this man off the train. You could see it quite clearly. I hope somebody pushes you around, pal, today. I hope they see you when they start throwing things at you. I'm going to recommend that. Let's start throwing rotten eggs and fruit at you. Stupid man, honestly. Stupid people. Uh, what else do we have? We had vets today, and it's a dog with a yappy ending, because a dog swallowed a riding crop. Oh, in God's name, do you manage that? This was 21 inches long. Ten-month-old Hugo has made a miracle recovery. I mean, it must have run the whole length of his stomach. How do you swallow a riding? I suppose once you keep, once you've started eating it, you just keep going. I personally can't see it myself. I used to have a riding crop because I used to go, uh, used to go riding. But I just don't quite clearly, unless of course I was operating some dungeon somewhere, which is highly unlikely. Um, and then John the cabbie from South London 
says, I didn't know Cilla Black was Welsh. I thought she was from Liverpool. Listen, you know I can't do Liverpool. It's been a known fact over the years on LBC that most of Steve Allen's impressions sound like Steve Allen's impressions. They're not very good. And uh, never thought much of Gail Porter's backside being projected onto the outside of Parliament and there were bigger ones inside the building, says Ian. I know, I mean, I always thought she was, she was slightly slim, simplistic. And when they put her on... Te- they used to use her on the right stuff all the time. And then I used to think, can't they find anybody new? They re- I mean, sometimes they put people on there and you think, who are you? I don't even know who they are half the time. And then it turns out that some of them have been on soaps and things like that. And they put them on there. Or failing that, you know, people who work on on some of the uh, the outer channels that sort of people watch in the early hours of the morning. And they sort of pop up doing doing newspaper reviews. It's this insatiable urge that people have to be on the television. A bit like the bloke on the front page of The Sun this morning. Poor old deluded Vladimir Wilson. I wonder how hard you're looking for a job, Vlad. Hope you're not on benefits, matey. I'd be horrified to think that you're on benefits, as indeed would everybody listening to this programme, knowing uh, exactly what I feel about people who just start appearing on television and don't make any effort to look for work. I'd like to think that maybe you're out there trying to find a job today, perhaps road sweeping, perhaps something you're particularly qualified for, or perhaps something that involves lying. Where could you work as a liar? Oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything, actually, off the top of my head. Uh, I could never make out, with surprise, surprise, why somebody hadn't seen their relatives in Australia for 20 years. If they saved a pound a week for 20 years, that would be the airfare, says John in Chelmsford. Yeah, well, they used to do it because they'd go there and go, we haven't actually... Um, we haven't actually sort of made any effort to find the relative because we thought if we go to Cilla Black or we go to Holly Willabooby, then they- they'll actually do the job for you. <laughs> Seems to work, doesn't it? Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. Another one here. Uh, Dolly says Steve Allen on top form this morning as always. I don't think we've ever had a morning we're not on top form. You know they used to go cooking with gas. It was always a bit like that. I never, I never actually came in unless I've really been ill, thinking that um, you know I was, I was not going to have a good program because you've only got to open up the, the the newspapers on a daily basis. I sometimes hear other programs uh, doing stories that I did a week ago. A week ago, we're sort of we're sort of brand leader as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Steve, he's an ex-copper who ironically works in human rights now. I think he's an I think he's an unemployed copper, isn't he? What a vile piece of work. And captured as well. So no more Chelsea games for those little girls' blouses. God, it's absolutely... It's, honestly, don't people realise nowadays... I mean, do not... Unless you're really, really dumb that everybody's got mobile phones. Everybody's got a camera. And even if it's the cheapest, most awful phone you've got, they've got cameras. My friend Ant takes pictures all the time on his phone. And, you know, some of them bear looking at, some of them don't bear looking at. But everybody's got them. So if you see something going on, you just take pictures. And these people don't seem to, re- they don't seem to realise. And you think, well, <laughs> where do you think they get the evidence from? They go into court and then they go, oh, no, I never did that. And then they, they actually sort of show the, the images back again. And you think to yourself, oh, oh I'll tell you what I did think the other day. It was, I, was, <laughs> I felt a bit bad thinking this. Um, it was a police interceptor programme. And it was in, where was it? They were out somewhere in, uh, in one of the shires and they were chasing a bloke who'd nicked a car and was joyriding uh, with his little plank friend. And, of course, they got the police helicopter up 
And the police helicopter was guiding the copper in the car, driving along the roads, and then the copper had to get out of the car and chase this bloke through woods. Now, with their thermal imaging cameras in the helicopters, they can see people, but not if it's really dense woodland. And so they're trying to find this, but they go, no, to your right, to your left, he's being guided by the helicopter up above. Anyway, this, this particular copper, he's fasting for Ramadan, and he hadn't eaten anything. So consequently, it was a bit of a pointless task sending him out, because halfway through chasing this bloke, he can't go any further. He's just exhausted, because he hasn't eaten anything, because he's fasting. And I thought, wait a minute... What is the point of having a copper who's fasting and sending him out on a job like this, where quite clearly he's going to have to do something? He's got no energy. He literally, at one point, just had to sit down on the grass. He said, I can't go any further. He was exhausted. And I thought, so we kind of got coppers out there who are not really fit for purpose. You know, you've got to chase, you know, a robber, or you've got to chase somebody who's joyriding. You can't because you're fasting. Could he not have said to them, listen, I'm fasting, I don't have the energy... Can you send somebody else? Because it, it did kind of seem to me like it was it was a waste of time sending him in the first place. He was he was so tired. So, so tired. Russell Brand has made some more foolish remarks, but then every time Russell Brand opens his mouth, out emanates drivel. And, of course, out comes more drivel from the aged, and she can't go for much longer, Janet Street Porter. Well, Michael. Yes, good old Janet Street Porter. What is she... 68, 78, 108. She sits on the Loose Women panel. Seriously, for the first week, I thought she was embalmed. I had no idea that they actually animated her. I was seriously a bit excited when she opened her mouth and out came the usual outpouring. Generally speaking, I quite like Janet Street Porter. Generally speaking, I sort of think, you know, she's old, she's haggard, she looks a bit barking mad, but but she's entertaining. You know, you're going to get value for money out of her. And then she makes comments about poor little Prince George. She makes jokes, you know, about him, saying he looks like a cross-dressing person and all this kind of stuff, which is a little bit unfair. I don't know whether she did it to be controversial. I don't know whether she did it because her brain hadn't been engaged. I don't know if she did it to see if she could get herself in the newspapers. I don't know why she said it, but she has made all the newspapers today. talking. And they, I mean, mostly they, they just put it down to the fact she's old and past it. I can't remember how old she is. She might... No, she can't be 78, can she? That's not, that just wouldn't be possible. 78. I mean, she could be 68. I suppose that would be, uh, that would be perfectly feasible. Uh, there's also some poor little lad here. Here he is. He's a schoolboy. His name's Brock Leach. No, seriously, he's called Brock Leach. I didn't, I didn't think Brock was a name either. Anyway, he, uh, he was out climbing cliffs and, uh, and he fell down. He fe- oh, sorry, it frightened the life out of me. It's my phone. <laughs> the- it's on my pacemaker going off. And um, <laughs> Warren. Warren's got addictions at the moment. But anyway, so th- this kid's climbing about on the cliffs and he falls down, but he survives the fall. Unfortunately, then gets bitten by an adder, which doesn't really help. But uh, what-, what they've actually done is uh, they've printed a picture of uh, of an adder. Now... I'm terrified of snakes, as I've told you in the past. And then they've also got a picture of a snow leopard. I think this is on on a mountainside, and the goats can't see it until the last minute. And then the snow leopard just launches itself. But these adders, so he survived. Well, adders just sit there sunning themselves. They bask until they wait for prey to to arrive. In the case of uh, this particular lad, he uh, he arrives sort of a little bit a little bit quicker. 
so there's three deer here who haven't spotted the snow leopard. There's a picture. You have to try and find the snow leopard, which is, uh, which is stalking them. It's eventually going to get one of them, as you know. Uh, 14 minutes to five. Steve Allen on LBC. 68 Janet Street Porter is 68. Two years off 70. Do you know I think 68 is the new 40? Well, I hope so. <laughs> Not that far away myself. But uh, thank you, Norman. Who tells me, actually, everybody's telling me she's 68, but Norman got in first. 68. I think you'll find Jane Asher's 68 as well. I said to her, I said, you look fantastic. I said, but when we spoke years and years ago, I said, uh, you said you were on HRT. She said, I'm still on HRT. It's obviously the way forward, ladies. It's obviously, you don't need any surgery. Just take HRT. Seems to work. Uh, well done to LBC on the great coverage of the Labour leadership debate last night, uh, says uh, Simon. Um, but the campaign's been tragic to watch. Whilst the party tears itself apart, arguing as to whether to go centre or to go left, the point they're missing is that to win an election, they need to do both. If they abandon the centre ground, they lose. If they abandon traditional Labour values, they lose. It isn't uh, either or, and until Labour members and MPs get to grips with it, they're going to be a long time in opposition. Yes, I mean, I, I think that... Um, actually, I, I, I thought the, the Lib Dems seem to have just fallen apart. Seriously, I don't know, I think they know where they're going now. If indeed there's anybody still voting Lib Dem. Is there anybody voting Lib Dem? Interesting on the debate yesterday where you just get people arguing. Nobody can seem to agree, can they? I listened to Sheila Fogarty yesterday and she was talking of, um, you know, she had some MPs on. And they just, they just, how these people get elected, I've got no idea. Seriously, I mean, I sit there sometimes listening to these debates and Sheila was trying to say, come on, come back on this one. She said that, no, that's not true. And, and you know, trying to unravel and... When it comes down to it, I remember years ago I used to do a round table with the MPs and I'd just put it down to the fact they just tell lies. They just tell lies. That's all they... Oh, perhaps that bloke could do it, the one who lied about the lottery win. Perhaps, you know, you could put him as, a, as an MP. If he's that successful at telling lies, that's what MPs do. They don't answer straightforward questions. Listening to the new leader of the Lib Dems asking about his stance on gay weddings and gay gay marriages. He couldn't quite bring himself to sort of use the word. He just talked about, you know, we want to bring equality to everybody and this and that. But because he's a deeply committed Christian, that's all that came over. And that kind of alienated most Lib Dems immediately, I would have thought. Most people going, well, what does he stand for? Is he actually anti-gay? Is he pro-gay? What is he? You know, I think if you're a political leader or you're a police officer, difficult though it might be, you're not supposed to have any particular allegiance, are you? You're supposed to be sort of in the middle, you know, encompassing everything that everybody wants to understand. Because, you know, say, how do you know when a politician's lying? His lips are moving or her lips are moving. Because you have to say that now because we're all terribly PC. So you mustn't just assume that all politicians are men. There's women there as well. Uh, Good morning, uh, Piers Morgan. Apparently, Piers is close to landing a permanent deal as host of the ITV Breakfast Show. Well, one of them. Uh, They say he put on audience last time round. I can't imagine why. The Americans turned off in droves. He had no personality at all. He just sits there. He's just not telly-friendly. But uh, apparently, it's uh, it's in advanced negotiations. Well, he hasn't got anything else to do. He's got nothing else to do. I mean, he's 50, apparently. Looks so much... I thought he was about 60. But anyway, he's 50. And uh, they could pair him up with, uh, with Susanna... For two mornings a week. So, in other words, not even full time. They can't manage five... Have you noticed? These people can't manage five days a week now. Must be terribly stressful. He'll have to go into makeup, And uh, he's a bit smarmy, I think, for breakfast television. A bit too smart. You need somebody with a bit more of that common touch. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who had the common touch. But uh, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's Piers Morgan. 
I don't think anybody's got anything in common with him at all. I don't think he's got anything in common with people either. Uh, so, the Labour Party tearing itself apart in the battle for the leadership. Jeremy Corbyn running 43%, Andy Burnham 26 Yvette Cooper about 20 and Liz Kendall 11%. Uh, Tony Blair has attacked the move uh, to uh, left, away from centre ground. Uh, the Tory sabotage as campaign for the rebel to win is launched. Seven shadow cabinet members in open revolt against Corbyn. This is the Labour Party. This is the Labour Party. Mind you, I find Tony Blair very creepy. Every time he's up there, I get the feeling he's just sneeringly looking down at, at the rest of us. And it's, it's not always my, my favourite thing to talk about. But as I say, they don't know what the hell they're doing at the moment. I seriously thought, I was saying to somebody the other day, I said, when I was younger, when I first started at LBC, back in 1900 and frozen to death, I remember distinctly that Jeremy Corbyn was up there in Islington. I thought he was on his way out then. I couldn't believe, you know, nearly 40 years on, he's still around. Still around. Is he the one to lead the Labour Party? Who knows? Obviously, that's what the voters say, but there again, you know, things change. Things change. Um... Hospital parking charges, ten times more than the rivals. It's rip-off time, isn't it? I'm terribly sorry you're ill, but we're going to make sure we get money out of you. So what they've looked at here for an hour to park at the Bristol Royal Infirmary is £3.40. If you're a pensioner going to visit your other half who's in hospital through no fault of their own, you're going to have to cop up with that. Because sometimes, by the time you've actually parked, it takes you about 20 minutes to actually get to the ward. So you've got about ten minutes, and then you've got to get back on the trail again to get back to the car park before somebody comes around and tickets it. Uh, Ealing Hospital in London, £2.40. Isn't it funny? The Royal Liverpool University Hospital is £3.40 to park for an hour. I think that's really expensive. Royal Free in London, three quid. Chelsea and Westminster Hospital in London, three quid. Uh, South Manchester, three quid. I don't even know where South Manchester is. Uh, Birmingham, £2.60 for an hour. St Helier Hospital in London, £2.50. St Helier Hospital is in London. How exciting. How very, very exciting. I love things like that. Uh, I've had to deal with Bronson, Nielsen and Sutcliffe, but these kid thugs are out of control. An ex-prison officer who says life's worse outside than in. And he says he's being terrorised by child yobs, who he says are worse than evil murderers. Ronald Kent guarded Yorkshire Ripper Peter Sutcliffe, serial killer Dennis Nielsen, before planning a quiet retirement. But now he's living in a war zone. His bungalow is being targeted by young vandals. He says here, Britain's most violent prisoner is preferable to the thugs he now faces. They've made him ill, they fire air rifles at his windows, push over a wall, uh, ripped up bushes and sprayed graffiti. This is in uh, Swansea. Do you know, the more you read about Wales, the more you start thinking. They've got more drunks, more drug problems, more delinquents, more people. What was it in one particular village? We, had, we lost something like ten suicides. They've got dreadful problems, and you remember that we know that they've got huge drug problems in Wales because only boys allowed, the group that I support fully, because I thought they were doing something worthwhile. It got them off the streets. The boys admitted that they got off the streets to get away from the drugs and the drinks and, um, and, and the bullying and everything else. And this man, you know, has got all sorts of uh, damage. And it's dreadful. He's got four children. He tries to confront them, but they shout, swear and threaten him. I mean, some of them are younger than 16. It's been going on for a year now. He says, I get chest pains and angina just talking about it. I'm wound up. I can understand what it's like. You do see kids nowadays. They don't have, um, they don't have any sort of fear of anybody. They couldn't care less about the police. 
You see, I think there needs to be some sort of short, sharp shock treatment to deal with people who have no respect for the police. You see them on the television all the time. But these ones are out of control. And he's dealt with Bronson, uh, who he said was better behaved, uh, Nielsen, the killer, and Peter Sutcliffe. And he said they were far better than these yobs around there. But I don't know what the, um, what the sort of the answer would be to them. Because the trouble is now, unlike years ago, when the policeman could, you know, give you a cuff round the back of the head, and you went, mm, like that, nowadays they can't touch them. Whereas I think if I was a copper, you know, I'd be tasering every five minutes. You think you're clever, do you? Tss, not anymore, you're not. You know, there's old people out there now are probably frightened to go outside because it's got so bad. Different areas that have got drug dealers in. Openly drug dealing. Down here in Leicester Square, openly drug dealing. Openly drug dealing. You see it on a regular... People urinating in doorways on a regular basis. Not isolated, which it was years ago. You know, at least years ago, people hid in the fog and the smog that we had in London. But uh, but nowadays, it's they'd have no fear whatsoever. You know, all these people... But I don't know what the answer is. What would be the answer to delinquent children? I mean, I thought maybe the stocks. You know, at least that seemed to solve... Or the ducking stool. That was fairly... That was fairly popular, wasn't it, years ago? I thought they had the right idea about the ducking stool. If you sank and drowned, you were innocent, and if you floated, you were guilty. So they burnt you. But I, I think the stocks, and we could, we could assemble them here. It's not complicated. We could build a set of six in Leicester Square, and you could put them in there. You put your head through in your hands, and then you leave them there for a few days, and we just have rotten fruit and eggs, and you just pelt them with it. Or you can go up there and slap them around the face with a wet kipper or something like that. Because th- th- there's no deterrent for them. What do you do? Do you put them in a young offenders institute? What does that do? They just learn how to be worse. They learn how to be worse. Most people reoffend quite quickly. I noticed there were some Essex uh, lads caught the other day. One, a 29-year-old man arrested uh, down at the docks, I believe, somewhere. Tilbury, it might have been. I can't remember off the top of my head. And they found in the boot of this white taxi £70 million worth of cocaine. £70 million worth. He'll be going to prison for a little while, won't he? That's what I was thinking. But when you get these these people who badly behave, I don't know what the answer is. Me, it would be short, sharp shock treatment. You know, you have to take away something that is valuable to them. But they don't care. They just, they swear. They're abusive to people. They ju- they, they're just not remotely interested. They have no respect. And let's face it, when you've got no, no respect for your parents, you certainly haven't got any, any respect for anybody else at all. So it's pointless policemen standing saying, excuse me, come here. Don't walk away. Take your hands out your pockets. I've seen them. I watch them on these interceptor programmes all the time. And some of them are quite well healed. They're quite well spoken and they thieve things. You know, and they've got people sitting in a car going equipped. Because they've got a screwdriver and a few other bits and pieces. What the answer is, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. That's because, I mean, years ago you could send them off to Australia. Nowadays that's a holiday, isn't it? Fraud alert over the new tap and pay bank cards. The cream that can shrink your bust. My God's name, you'd want to do that. The Jet Set Lotto winner. He's just a fame-hungry skint hoaxer. He's a sad waste of time, but he's been on about a f- about four different programmes. And in fact, he's got one coming up about people who are rich. He would have bluffed that through, would he? What useless researchers they must have. Uh, Russell Brand, very foolish remarks about uh, Her Majesty the Queen. Janet Street Porter, equally stupid. No jail for the vile Chelsea racists. And the West Bromwich Albion footballer James McLean, you know, more than happy... To, uh, to take our money, but absolutely loathes us. Hates the royal family, hates everything. Wouldn't even wear a poppy. Let's ditch him, shall we? West Brom, it's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. Steve Allen 
on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Four minutes past five. It's Thursday, the 23rd of July. The fraud alert over the new tap-and-pay bank cards. It's quite frightening. I'll tell you the story in a, in a moment. The Jet Set Lotto winner, fame-hungry Skint, and he's a fraud. He's just a compulsive liar who isn't even bothering to look for work at the moment. He's more interested in being a reality telly star, but you can only do that if you tell the truth. No jail for the vile Chelsea racists. The number of Muslim prisoners in Britain's jails hits an all-time high. 12,000. Good grief. They must have lapsed, I'm assuming. The embarrassment that is Millie McIntosh. Uh, the mum who put her Down syndrome boy in a washing machine just for a laugh. And the Harrods cake man loses his fight for a million quid. All of that and more between now and uh, 6.30. The Millie McIntosh story is nothing, really. The delusional Millie McIntosh and her equally delusional... Uh, husband, Professor Green, uh, she's sitting in the bath with a razor and he takes a picture of her and they post it as uh, the 3am columns say today. How romantic. I think basically it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. The Alzheimer's miracle drug which has saved my life. This is a, a guy called Roy Fuller. He's 81. Do you know people living to their 80s and 90s now? This is quite normal in this country. When you think years ago... You know, years ago, people sort of, you know, didn't make it. You know, if you, if you got to 30, you were considered fairly ancient. This is going back a few years. And now look at us, 90-year-olds, 95-year-olds, 100-year-old woman in the paper today. The secret of her longevity, I'll tell you in a moment. You'll have to wait for that one if you want to live to be... I'm not sure I want to live to be 100. Although if you get to 99, you're kind of going to be hoping you are going to live to 100 because you need that telegram, don't you, from the Queen. You're hoping that she's going to live, live for it as well. Warren's got a few ideas of what we should do with these, uh, these little people who come round and terrorise elderly people who've got no respect for anybody. They don't have respect for their parents. Much of their parents are, are pretty much pond life anyway. Uh, they must be if they allow their children to behave like this. And the police have to put up with it. They can't do anything about it. You know, the police have to be terribly patient. It must be so galling if you're a police officer to see these people who just basically laugh. Like the bloke who was let out of prison the other day. Inadvertently, they let the wrong bloke out. And he taunted them by sending a picture, which, of course, is going to be very silly because when they catch him, he'll be going back inside again. And then he'll realise why he he doesn't like being there. Uh, Other stories which were running in the, uh, the papers... Um, apart from the the British girl doing the bungee jumping, which I thought was absolutely dreadful, somebody called Yorgi Porter. Uh, they say here she's uh, she's a soap star. No, she's not. She's just somebody who appeared on a television program. Yorgi apparently uh, played Teresa McQueen in Hollyoaks. I know I'd never heard of her either for seven years. So obviously, didn't make any impact at all. And now she's heading off for Los Angeles because she's going to be a big Hollywood star. Do you want fries, fries with that? I'll take your order. Two, two Big Macs, one cheeseburger. OK, be right back with that. Thank you. That's about as far as she's going to go. If after seven years in Hollyoaks, she didn't even make an impact, then there's no hope whatsoever. Uh, also, the vampire mum, a mum of two, has won damages after an undiagnosed gum disease left her with vampire fangs. She's won £25,000. Unbelievable. And uh, this was in um, Herefordshire. She claims she started visiting this dentist in 1998, but the problem was only diagnosed after a consultation x-ray in 2011. She was in agony. She's a wedding cake baker. Actually, you want to see some of the uh, the cakes that you can find on Jane Asher's website. My God, they're beautiful. I mean, seriously, if I could, if I could afford one, I'd buy one for you all, and then you could all have a, have a piece of cake. Uh, two pages on the... Uh, 
I'm possibly the most unattractive couple you've ever seen in living memory, who were the couple having having rumpty pumpty in a in a phone book. So they're quite clearly sort of a bit low life. I don't think they work at all. Um, there's no mention of them actually having a job. He's apparently an amateur boxer, so he doesn't appear to have a job. But they were going out to buy piranha. Where does their money come from? We ask ourselves. Remember the other week. We managed to find a woman who was a, a dog groomer or something, part-time, who managed to spend £60,000 on outfits for her dogs and had a dog wedding that cost 10000 And I did put the question, I can't wait to see your tax bill coming up at the end of this month for a part-time dog groomer. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, there's a picture of, oh, God, again, Denise Van Outen going out with a posed picture. Denise, we're not that stupid, love. Nobody's remotely interested in Ibiza to take a picture of you because nobody knows who you are in Ibiza. And so the photographer's got a picture of them face on and then, then they've got them behind as well. So it's pose where she's put her hand on her boyfriend's bottom. And uh, they say that she's weak at the knees and all the rest of it. It's a posed picture because they obviously got a photographer out there to take a picture so they can send it to... I didn't even know Denise Van Atten was still working. Seriously, I, I thought she'd finished a long, long time ago. Out on the town, little Zane Malik just wanted to be a normal 20-year-old and, you know, mentally he is just a normal 20-year-old. Rita Ora, very odd in the, uh, in the X Factor. She's managed to put her backing dancers through to boot camp. Well, how can that be? They've been professionally working with her for for ages and ages and ages. So I don't I don't really know, you know, whether or not this this sort of program is not uh, is not uh, with the truth as much as it maybe should be. I mean, how can her dancers go through? Isn't that slightly odd? Isn't that a little bit sort of biased? Just a little bit. Only mentioning it, chucking it in, as you say, chuck it out again. Um, one here. This is the the boot of the mini cab. Uh, Tilbury Docks, I was right actually, six men have now been charged. They're aged between 24 and 47 and they had 200 kilos of the drug wrapped in brightly coloured paper inside holdalls worth about 70 million of high purity cocaine. Uh, they're all due to appear at Westminster Magistrates Court today. It'll be an interesting one, won't it? The first eBay rich list. Britain's top sellers are raking in £17 million a year. I must get my brother to eBay my uh, my sat-navs, because I told you, I've, I've, when I was clearing out the other day, I found sat-navs. Seriously, I found, I've got, uh, I've got two in the car, one built in, I've got another separate one, because uh, it tends to be a bit faster than the one built in, and then I found another three the other day. I'm, I've just gone sat-nav mad, sat-nav mad. Uh, this problem over tap and pay bank cards, let me explain how it works. Uh, they reckon, this is a report in the Daily Mail today, that it could be exposing millions of customers, that's you, to the risk of fraud. Tests have shown that thieves armed with scanners can capture the numbers and expiry dates on the cards and use them for online purchases. Touted as a boon for shoppers making small transactions, the tap-and-pay cards do not need a PIN number. Instead, they have a tiny antenna that links with a tilt terminal through NFC, which is near field communication. But a scanner held nearby can pick up this NFC data according to which. Now, listen, if it appears in which, I have to say, hand on heart, that I would trust ever. They do their research so thoroughly that I would trust everything that they say. What they did, they tested 10 cards, six debit and four credit, and found that all of them had a security flaw. 
Using a reader and free software to decode data, they were able to read the card number and expiry date from all ten which reported. Some cards revealed certain details of the last ten transactions. No cards revealed the CVV security code, the number on the back. We doubted we'd be able to make a purchase without the cardholder's name, but we were wrong. We ordered two items. One, a £3,000 TV from a mainstream online store using stolen card details combined with a false name and address. We've alerted the store involved. By touching volunteers' cards to the card reader, we got enough details to go on our internet spree. Ooh, uh. A friend of mine tried to put it onto my phone the other day. I said, don't put it on there. I don't want anything on my phone that means I've got my bank details on here. Thank you very much indeed. I don't want anything... I really don't want anything like that. Frightens the life out of me. I'd rather deal with with sort of cash. I've got my, my debit card. I don't have... St- we were talking about this the other day. How people nowadays absolutely thrive on store cards and credit cards and they juggle money. If this bloke on the front page of The Sun, the old fraudster, the, the, the liar, who's appeared on uh, reality TV and he's a bit delusional and he doesn't work, big surprise there, Vladimir Wilson with a girlfriend who must be equally in on the old act of uh, let's keep up the pretense that we're really rich but in fact we haven't got a penny piece. He owes £20,000. He's not working. So I'm assuming he's on benefits. Why is he not working? How's he been allowed to run up £20,000? More fool the banks. More fool the credit card companies. You know, they go, oh, don't worry, we will get our money back. Yeah, right. It makes me laugh that when people get into debt with their mortgage, and it is easy to get into debt with your mortgage, you know, people think if you just hand the keys back, that exonerates you. No, it doesn't. That debt stays with you. You still owe 40 grand. They're going to sell the property, probably, you know, just to get the money back that they, they're owed. The rest of it goes on to your, your name. You're the one who's going to pay for it. I don't care about things like that. But he, he doesn't work, and he's, um, he's laughingly putting himself up on a television, knowing that he's a compulsive liar. And he owes 20 grand. Honestly, seriously, it makes you laugh, doesn't it, really? It absolutely does. Um, There's lots of people tweeting yesterday about the Bond trailer. There's always excitement about a Bond film, isn't there? Everybody gets excited. And this one here, I mean, it's, you know, 53 years of Bond, 23, I think, yeah, 23 adventures. And if the first trailer of a Spectre is anything to go by, uh, the audiences really will be seeing it all, because you've seen it before. You've seen it a million times before. Because a Skullface character in Spectre, and from Live and Let Die, it's the same thing. That was with the voodoo character. Same sort of thing. You know, the uh, the Bond grappling with a villain clinging to a helicopter in Spectre. Well, in For Your Eyes Only in 81, exactly the same thing. Admittedly, there's only so many times you can cling to the outside of a, of a helicopter. Uh, one here... This is uh, Villains in Nehru Collars. We used to call them the Doctor, the um, Mr. Chow Collars. Christopher Waltz Inspector, Doctor No, had exactly the same thing back in 1962. So is there anything new? Will we watch it? Yes. Did I watch the last Bond film? Yes. Did I enjoy it? No. Did I turn it off? Yes. Did I think it was too long? Yes. Skyfall. It went on for ever and seriously. It was what? Best one in 25 years. It just goes to prove, you see, everybody's different. Producer loves it. No life. OK? He's got cats. I don't need to say anything else apart from he's got cats. We sit down. The cat is there. Purr, 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 purr. Watch film. Best film I've ever seen. Cat, fast asleep. Sleeps through everything. Cats never sit there and watch television. They're like, going to sleep again. Quarter past five. Look at the team at breakfast this morning. At seven, knife crime has risen for the first time in four years. The Met Police, you know, found 62 knives in a car boot. So is it now time to bang people up if they're caught carrying a knife, even just once? 
and an LBC exclusive to add to London's environmental concerns. All with Nick Ferrari from seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Pippa Crera, the City Hall editor of the Evening Standard, will be looking at the papers for Nick this morning. Did you know that just one bad night's sleep can damage the cells that keep your body healthy? I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday. I was speaking to loads of people yesterday. But one in particular, I said, I had a terrible night's sleep the night before. Do you remember? I came in... And I got into the, the second, this part of the programme, which I call my, my second hour of the programme, and I had no idea what I was talking about. I seriously, it was like having an out-of-body experience, which in my case is quite an experience. And I was sitting here, and I was, I was drivelling on about something, and I was sort of, I was almost outside watching myself doing it, thinking, what are you talking about? And all I was trying to do was stay awake. I went through a dreadful, I, I sort of woke up so early. Now I've got myself back into the into the swing again. But for that one programme, and the first time in God knows how many years, I literally didn't have the faintest idea what I was talking about. I know it probably seems like that a lot of the time, but I do assure you, I do have a rough idea of what I'm doing on the programme. I like to go through the papers. I like to do... I'm very much a creature of habit. Very much a creature of habit. I don't like to uh, sort of leave things to chance. I like to make sure I'm armed. So when I go through the papers, and I can go through the papers... Remember we had this thing the other day where we were teaching you how to read a novel in 25 minutes. Now, some people take ages. I sit on the train and I watch people reading a book and I'm out of the corner of my eye, I'm watching them to see how long it takes them to turn the page. Well, in the time it takes them to turn one page, I could have turned 10 pages because I'm a speed reader. I learnt to speed read years ago when I, when I learnt to read news. I, I've been, I'm, I'm a very good sight reader anyway, and that goes back to when I was you know, 9, 10 and 11. I was always the one in school that they, you know, Stephen will stand up and read. So I, I didn't have any fear about reading, and I've got better as I've got older. So I can speed read. I can whisper an article in a matter of four or five seconds very fast, because I just scan it. I can see the whole page, and I can see the bits that sort of jump out you know, of a particular story. So I can, I can do that quite well. I can't remember where I was going with that story now. But anyway, so we were talking about speed reading and things like that. Because if you have a bad night, I, I, I do need my, my sleep. I do need to go home when I finish and have maybe an hour. Suits me fine. Then I get up, then I go out, and I've got into that dreadful habit of drinking coffee. And I do drink a fair amount of coffee. So when I go to a coffee shop in Twickenham, I'm having a three-shot coffee. It's like a friend of mine drinks double espresso. And I've had a couple of dub- double espressos. It's like, woo, we're up on the ceiling. So I have three shots in my coffee. And, and that kind of keeps you going. That sort of takes me into the afternoon quite nicely. And then I go into the second phase of the day. Because each day and, and each part of the programme has got a phase to go through. So when we start the programme, I'm firing on all cylinders because I've got so many stories that I want to get in and so many stories I want to tell you about and so many things that I've got to, to, to push on to you that I sometimes, you know, people write in and they go, wait a minute, you were going to tell us about this. Why have you not done this story? I go, I forgot about that story. I'll I'll tell you about it tomorrow. So when you miss a night's sleep, and we do get people who listen overnight to the radio, especially on LBC, and especially on LBC, because you've got things that keep you awake. And the thing that keeps you awake is conversation. Music sends you to sleep. But I'm not encouraging you to listen to music. I'm encouraging you to listen to speech because it keeps you awake. I don't mind whether you sleep later on. I, I couldn't, as long as you're awake for this programme, that's all that matters. Uh, Ricky. Ricky. Uh, hospital parking charges, Steve. It's a rip-off. I'm an Adley driver. 30-minute parking, city airport. How much? £7. £7. Pa- second mortgage, don't you? Heathrow. 30 minutes parking, 
£3.50. Gatwick, £3. To drop off at Stansted, two quid. Just to drop off, it's £2. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Uh, 84850. Steve, don't worry about the publicised tap and pay issues. Simply type into Google RFID blocking sleeve and purchase what you need. They're inexpensive and stop anyone accessing your cards. You simply slip your card into the blocking sleeve, place it in your wallet, uh, spend a few pounds for pizza. This isn't the... Do you remember I told you? I was at the Savoy the other week. <laughs> Makes me sound very grand. And there's a shop next door to it, and they've got a, like a credit card holder with credit cards coming in and out, a bit like a rising card effect at the Magic Circle. And, and I was looking at it thinking, is that something that protects you? Is there some sort of sleeve that you put round... That, well, obviously, it's a sleeve, isn't it? Is that, is that the kind of thing that can protect your cards? Because I've got a wallet, and I've only got two cards. I don't think anybody's going to be cloning my historical Royal Palaces card anytime soon, or the Cartoon Museum, or something like that. But I've, that's the, I've only got two cards, and I'm very keen on, on making sure I know where my wallet is. I've never lost a wallet yet. Touch wood. We always do touch wood, don't we? So we're obviously terribly superstitious. Um, killed. The fanatic who radicalised Jihadi John, uh, the British extremist, and an Al-Qaeda operative thought to have knowledge of the group's most infamous attacks has been killed in an airstrike. Oh, shame. Uh, Andy Coulson, the disgraced ex-News of the World editor, has been ordered to pay, towards the cost of his prosecution for phone hacking, £150,000. That's spread over three years. Um, They had asked for £750,000, but uh, but the judge said uh, no, hundred and fifty thousand over the next three years. The judge accepted he may need to sell his family home to pay the bill, but said he was talented enough to work again to raise funds. If he failed to raise the money, he could face another spell behind bars. Blimey! Didn't I? Do you know I must I must be really silly, and I'm probably you know speaking out of the toy box. But I thought the whole idea of phone hacking had been operated for years. I didn't quite understand how sort of people went. Oh, it's dreadful. I'm sh- listen. You drive into London, people track your movements. Michael McIntyre walks out the building. You get yourself up on Twitter because you're pictured by a helicopter. And phone hacking these huge amounts that were handed out to people for distress calls. People who actively seek publicity. People who actively sell every aspect of their life. It just it just became another source of income for some people, didn't it? What did Paul Gascoigne get? 188,000. He immediately sort of started wearing new suits and Botoxing and all the rest of it. I wonder whether Richard uh, Barclay will be going out there buying anything today. This is the, uh, the racist Chelsea fan, just one of four who've been banned from football matches um, as they were sort of pushing this man off a carriage, Suleiman, who apparently now, I mean... Don't ask me how this one works out either. But he was interviewed on the television yesterday and he said, we're still waiting for compensation. Compensation? Why would you want to get compensation? This isn't a compensation kind of case. It's just the fact they've been found guilty. What compensation do you want? I don't know what, because you were racially abused. I mean, if every time somebody was rude about you, you know, and, and sort of, you know, called you this, that and the other and you claim compensation, the company would be broke, flat broke. People have just got to learn. Turn the other cheek. That's what it says in the Bible. Uh, if you're looking for a bit of peace and quiet, the one place you don't want to go to at the moment is Spain. Spain is even busier because nobody wants to go to Tunisia and Greece. So everybody's going to the costas and the beaches are so heaving. It's vile. I can't think of any worse. I've noticed as well, is it Ryanair who've decided that they're not going to have any booze on the flight from London to Ibiza? 
They're not going to have any booze on it because they said they've had lots of travellers heading to the party island and they're drunk and they're not having it. Because if you look drunk when you turn up for a plane or you sit there drinking while you're waiting for the flight and you get to the gate, they can turn you back. And they can keep refusing you because they don't have to travel. I wouldn't want to travel on a flight which had rowdy drunks on it. Thank you very much indeed. Imagine if you're a family thing. Let's go to Ibiza. Let's go to Ibiza and have a nice holiday. And you get on the plane and there they all are, the Chav and the Chavettes. They're giving it large with the old boo. All right, darling, here we go. Have a drink here. And by the time they get there, they're absolutely off their faces. No, I don't want to be on any aeroplane where that kind of thing occurs. So I'm with Ryanair. I've never flown Ryanair. Never actually interested me. I'm, I don't do budget airlines. I'm sure that they're ideal for some people, but uh, not for me. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, other stories. You know that poor, poor old J.K. Rowling is trimming her bush out the, uh, the front of the house. And so they put in traffic lights and everything else, and it's called traffic chaos. It's a four-way traffic light system. She's got these Leylandi bushes, and they're about 25 foot tall, and this protects her property. It's obviously a very nice house, and I'm a huge fan, as you can imagine. But you thought they could have trimmed it at night, wouldn't you? I mean, she's got... I mean, seriously, she's worth about 400 million. Oh, sorry, 570 million. They thought you could have a bush trim late at night, and then nobody would sort of worry about it. Not think so? friend of mine's heading off to Basingstoke this morning. Poor soul, honestly. He said to me yesterday, he said, oh, I'm, I'm working in Basingstoke. I said, Basingstoke? I said, why would you tell people that? Basingstoke's ghastly. And apparently there's an Audi dealer there. He said, I've got a very nice car in at the moment. He said, you might be interested in. He said, it's £100,000, but it parks itself. I said, parks itself. It's one of these things, I think it's got beep beeps on the front and back, and it reverses backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, and so basically you push a button, and the car parks itself. I mean, these things, I always think, the more equipment you've got on a car that does that, the more things can go wrong. But I have to be honest, I was slightly tempted. If it had been on a Bentley, I'd have gone for it, but uh, on an Audi, I don't think so. It's uh, coming up 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Just thought I'd let you know you're listening to a lottery winner. Yes, yes. I, uh, I've i just checked because they said, you know, the ticket that you bought for the thing last night uh, has won some money. Got a bit excited. And so I'm, I'm hoping for something in the millions or something that at least has got a number of noughts on it. No, I've got £25. But as I say to anybody, £25 is £25. So uh, that'll be reinvested. So actually, I'm quite good at winning £25. I had £25 six weeks on the trot. Each of the draws I managed to get uh, I to get uh, £25 on, so better than nothing, isn't it? Not really. I don't know why they bother writing to me. It's a bit of an insult, actually. I was hoping for a few millions. Uh, these uh, blocking sleeves are everywhere. This is for those, for those of you who are worried about somebody trying to hack in. This uh, goes to the story on the front page of the Daily Mail today. These tap-and-pay bank cards and the fact that people can access them. They're called blocking sleeves. It's a small sleeve, says Philip, that looks as if it's made of cardboard and fits neatly and snugly over credit cards. They block all radio signals, so they will prevent scanners reading the cards. They also stop shop point-of-sale machines accidentally reading cards when you don't intend to pay by card. And finally, they stop Oyster card readers charging your credit card as well as your Oyster card for a journey. They're a couple of quid each, available from sellers such as uh, Amazon. Yeah, you want to make sure you're going to buy one... Uh, from this country. I don't want anything coming from China, thank you very much indeed. I'd rather make sure they didn't just send me a piece of cardboard as a sleeve and I paid a few quid for it. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I took my girlfriend, says Kevin, to Stansted a few weeks ago. 
Sorry, there's probably a joke there somewhere. Two pounds to drop off. When I picked her up a week later, the charge had gone up to £2.50. It'll be a fiver by Christmas, says Kev, who's a trucker. I know. I'd heard say. I'd heard say. Um, what happens if the Queen, says David, reaches 100? Will she send congratulations to herself? <laughs> yes. I'm doing a card to oneself. And uh, lovely uh, Dame Vera Lynn is 98. Let's hope she makes it to 100. Yes, I hope so. There is a picture of a lady in the paper today. I'll find her a little bit later on for you. She's reached 100. She looks fantastic. I mean, she really is amazing. And selfies. Everybody taking selfies in the gym. My friend Ant was telling me earlier on. And now one in five young drivers take selfies at the wheel. I mean, I've, I don't think... I, have I ever... Yes, I have taken selfies. I must have done. I just haven't got one of those things where you sort of hold the phone out in front. I might get one of those, the stick things. And then, on, on second thoughts, the more I think about it, the more naff it becomes. So I'm, I'm not really sure I should do Good heavens above. That's not Tilda Swinton, is it? Tilda Swinton is generally pale. She looks a bit like a porcelain doll. And she looks completely unrecognisable. She's got, um, sort of a wig on. I think it's a... Yes, it must be. And bronzer. And layers of fake tad. She looks unbelievable. Unbelievable. So she is the colour of a coconut shell. I have to tell you, Tilda... This is a fantastic... It's like a different person. Seriously. A completely different person. I mean, she looks amazing, but she does look like lots of other people that you would see in uh, in in town on a daily basis. You see loads of people in this building. There's a lot of people with fake hands in this building. Don't want to make, make a big deal about it, because you can imagine that in the entertainment business, because that is what we are in the business of, a lot of people do wear fake tans to make themselves look good. I have worn fake tan before. But because I'm a bit like, like the producer, well, I'm not actually, I haven't got cats and I didn't enjoy Skyfall. But apart from that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do tanning either, really. He just goes red. Because that's, and I do exactly the same thing, because I'm pale. And people are always saying to me, oh, look at this colour I've got. And I go, you look exactly the same as me. You look like a, a milk bottle with a slight bit of colouring on it. And I burn to pieces because I don't have a huge amount of hair on the top of my head. I mean, I do need to wear a hat. I do need to start wearing a baseball hat. And actually, to be brutally honest with you, I look pretty good in a baseball cap. It ha- it takes years off me. Seriously. I know, I know you find that difficult to believe. But the only thing that works for me, there's about three or four hats that I can wear. And I look so much younger. But you can't go around wearing a hat all the time, can you? It just it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work at all. Uh, right. Let's have a quick check on your uh, texts and emails this morning. Um, it says, you're, uh, you said you don't like or do drugs. But your addiction to coffee, a legal substitute for speed, surely gives you an understanding of why people take drugs. No, I can't understand it at all. I can't understand why you, you wouldn't want to do anything apart from a cup of coffee. It's like I never understand why anybody could ever be a heroin addict. I never understand why anybody would ever want to do meow meow or any of these other strange... Why on earth would you want to put something into your body? A cup of coffee, completely different. It's legal. But I mean, all these other things. I mean, at one time, people were taking clubs. I think they still are. There's a horse tranquilizer. A horse tranquilizer. What in God? I mean, small wonder people die. And then there was another one, which was a garage door paint stripper, which people would take. What on earth is the matter with people? Mind you, there's a £70 million worth of cocaine that's now sitting down in uh, Tilbury in the police station there. Uh, Steve on the uh, M20, says Paul the trucker. Another person walking along the motorway joins our sorry country. Oh, dear. Oh, apparently, somebody says, Ibiza does not rhyme with pizza. No, really? Gosh. Thank you for that. I thought the, the, the thing was, yes, we're going to Ibiza. Oh, what, how, how, how do you pronounce it then? It rhymes with ether. 
Oh, Ibith does honestly the things you learn on this program. God, you're really bright, aren't you? I like I like bright people. <laughs> I always love it when it can wind somebody up. <laughs> these people vote, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Try and get some more of these in. And uh, I had a friend who's no longer with us. And he was, I know, we lost my uncle Albert years and years ago. Well, I say we lost him. He was, uh, we were on the beach at Cromer and he got on the lilo and he just drifted out. And that was the last we ever saw of him. But uh, anyway, he was a proofreader. And like you, could read novels, legal documents at a glance. So I know it's possible when you were talking about that yesterday. People were saying, oh, no, it's not possible. Yeah, somebody wrote in and said, there's no way that you can read a book in 25 minutes. I said, well, actually, if I put my mind to it, I could probably do it in 10 Seriously, I'm, I'm that good. Uh, Steve, £2.50, drop off at Stansted now. Thank you very much indeed. And, um, yes, the, uh, the couple having a bit of ladies and gentlemen in the phone box. I mean, they are ugly. So I don't want to make a big deal about it, but they are ugly people. They should not be allowed out on the street. They were going out to buy fish. As I say, I'd, I'd like to think that they were maybe working for a living. I have a sneaking feeling they might not be. Uh, Skyfall was supposed to be the nearest to the original book, and I thought it was very good, but I agree. I don't know what they were thinking about with the end. It seems to go on far too long, which spoilt it, said Lloyd. I don't but the producer likes it. But as I say, he's the sort of person, he goes home, sits down on the settee, the cats go, Daddy's home. You know, wife sits down, and the cats, cats just go to sleep. Cats, you cannot keep their attention for any more than five minutes. They struggle to keep their eyes open, unless, of course, there's food. And if there's food, we are wide awake. And we're going to eat food. And then after we've had food, we're back to sleep again. You know, cats, you'll never, ever get a cat to retrieve a ball. You can throw a ball on the floor and a cat will just sort of lazily stick out a paw. You know, and that's it. You never get them to pick it up in the mouth and retrieve and bring back. They don't. They don't do things like that. It's like dogs. Dogs. We always take my friend's dog out in Regent's Park on a Sunday morning. And for about the first two minutes, you know, throw the stick, go and pick up the stick. Throw the stick, go and pick up the stick. Throw the stick. You go pick up the stick. Uh, they, t- they don't bother. They get lazy. Let's throw the tennis ball. Throw the tennis ball. Pick up the tennis ball. And they bring it back. OK, drop. Thank you. Throw the tennis ball. No, can't be bothered. Bored with that. I'm going to be sick putting a tennis ball in my mouth. Not so good. Uh, Caroline is a support worker for Age UK. And um, she says here, I worked for a lovely lady for seven years. She's 80. She's ill. She's bedbound. Five different carers. Over the weekend... Somebody has stolen £160 from a handbag. What people could do that? Thieves. Thieves. Goes on all the time. And they steal from the elderly because they think the elderly don't, don't miss it. So that's why people, people steal all the time. Let's face it, you open up the papers and you get certain people from certain communities who target the elderly. They target the elderly, deliberately target the elderly because they know that they're, they're vulnerable. And that's why... And it's it's just it's just dreadful. But of course, you can't say anything because apparently we don't say things like that in this country. We have to kind of brush it under the carpet and pretend it never existed in the first place. Uh, what was that? Why did I save that? It's a picture of um, oh, it's a picture of somebody we don't know who she is. Do you remember we've always tried to work out who poor Laura Whitmore is, some deluded presenter. Well, I mean, I only ever see her turning up for charity events. I did see her once, and I thought, God, she's obviously a bit desperate, but she's got a boyfriend. So, thank God for that. Keeps her well out, doesn't it, really? Uh, The mum, who's been quizzed by police after posting a photo of a Down syndrome tot inside a washing machine. This is somebody called Courtney Stewart. Obviously not the brightest penny in the box. Courtney's 21. And she says the boy, too, had clambered in and took the snap. She took the snap as a laugh. Bit of a laugh, isn't it, really? Now the mother, who comes from Renfrewshire, claims to have been threatened by neighbours and assaulted by a stranger. She said the child, who is in her care... Good God. 
had climbed in and was laughing when the photo was taken. The machine was unplugged and the door had not been closed. One appalled neighbour said it was terrible. Take a picture like that and put it on Facebook. But Courtney said, I don't know who reported it. I don't know why they would do that. I think it's ridiculous. Well, that's why you're 21 and not very bright, dear. And the neighbours are slightly concerned about a child climbing into a washing machine. The spokesman said police did attend the house and advice was given. The normal checks were carried out. Unbelievable, isn't it, really? Unbelievable. And she took a picture of it. Took a picture of it. Oh, my God, there's none of the stupidest... Like, <gasps> found a crop circle. We haven't had a crop circle on this programme for a good few years, ladies and gentlemen. Mainly because the uh, the crop of students who were making them... Oh, sorry. The people from outer space who were making the crop circles had finished university on another galaxy far, far away. And so in the middle of a field by Bristol Airport is... A smiley face. It appeared in a field. And uh, a lot of people say it's come from aliens. No, it was done by Tesco Mobile. And uh, the UK's five... Are they called emojis? Emojis. Uh, are smiley face, red heart for love or friendship, nail painting emoji, meaning I don't care, raised hand standing for I'm better than you, and aubergine, a saucy symbol. But uh, here it is now. But the, the the crop circle people, hello, uh, they'll be believing that little green men, hey, phone home, phone home, came down and they made this smiley face in the thing. No, it's been done for a mobile ad, and all the other ones are done by students. That's why you haven't seen any for a while. That's why you haven't seen any for a while because that that group of students who made them, the other group of students who've now moved in, do drugs. And, of course, you can't do a crop circle if you've done drugs. So you can only do them after you've done a few beers. So that's why we haven't seen crop circles for ages and ages. Oh, Beckham's in the paper again. The publicity-shy David Beckham. Apparently he's going to offer some sort of TV thing whereby you can, you can sort of subscribe to him and you can sort of wake up in the morning and see what David Beckham's doing for the day. Are they delusional, the Beckhams? Is there something the matter with them? Anyway, he hands, uh, he went on a reality TV show and he handed a family 64,000 and he kicked a ball around. How embarrassing. Thank God he... Do you think David Beckham dances? No, I don't think he dances either. I've just got a feeling he's embarrassing dad. You know, David Butchboy Beckham. Do you think he dances? No. Not a chance in the heck. Uh, 14 to 6. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. A lot of people are telling me about these uh, card protectors, these blocking sleeves. Uh, we found them on Amazon. Paul found them. We found uh, a couple. One is three ninety nine from Germany with free UK delivery. And the other one was also from Germany, but they were charging uh, a little bit more for that one. I think that was uh, $2.79 and then two ninety five delivery. And uh, you just type in RFID blocker and you'll see what uh, what what comes up. And it uh, will stop your cards being cloned. Nobody can read them. Thank you, Paul, very much indeed for that. And to everybody else who's been telling me all about it. Have you watched Love at First Sight? Says Angela. Fabulous show. Although you marry on first date. Today on my first date after being jilted life in the old dog yet. 46 on Monday. The plan is 1.15, boozy lunch, supper in Shad Thames, then Gretna Green Monday if I get lucky. Joking, she says. (laughs) People still do that, don't they? Do you believe in love at first sight? I mean, is it actually possible? Or is it lust at first sight? There's always a, there was a, always a big big argument, wasn't there, whether or not you can actually fall in love with somebody. I think you only fall in love with somebody at first sight if it's reciprocated. If they sort of fall for you at exactly the same time as you fall for them. You know if you've got chemistry, don't you, with somebody, don't you? I do. I can always If I've got chemistry with somebody, I, I can keep it going for ages. I'm terrible like that. But on the other hand, I hate people f- who flirt. 
absolutely hate people who flirt. Drives me mad. Um, best idea I've heard in years, says Siobhan, but ultimately kids are the product of their parents. If more parents brought their kids up lovingly as well as correctly, you wouldn't be asking the question in the first place about what we do with these kids who are terrorising this former prison officer. You know, they've had graffiti, they've pushed his wall over, they've vandalised his garden. And what do the police do? They can't do anything about it. Some of these, some of the, the, these children are just out of control. It's the parents. When you've got... You know, a couple who make love in a phone box in broad daylight in full view of everybody going past there. And then they happily pose in a national newspaper. You can't help but think to yourself, pond life. You seriously cannot. You know, and I just, I kind of lose the will to live with these sort of people. If uh, 68, says Noreen, is the new 40, there's hope for us. Jane Asher is 69. Well, she, seriously, she was less than two feet away from me yesterday. She looks fantastic. Just started reading Linda Bellingham's book, very sad. And uh, Anil. A very happy birthday for today. Like Kevin, 37 again. So many happy returns of the day, Neil. I'm sure you will have a fantastic day. I know you'll have a fantastic day. Uh, Amazon have Tommy Bahama shirt, says Maria. Yes, but uh, the, it's the, um, they're very limited in what they've got. Very, very, I looked at it yesterday. Very, very, very limited. And also it's easier to go direct to Tommy Bahamas to go and buy them. It just means that I have to call on my, uh, my friends at DHL. <laughs> to make sure that the thing uh, the thing works through. There's uh, another story today about a top actor that appears in uh, a couple of the papers who's being probed on suspicion of child sex abuse. Now, there were rumours in the business about a year ago of a top actor who was being quizzed and the one, the, the name that was being bandied around, obviously I'm not going to bandy around for you this morning, but people would go, no. But there again, we thought exactly the same, didn't we, about Stuart Hall and all the, uh, the other people. Uh, this... Uh, celebrity is said to be ongoing. So that's all they know. Uh, there's also a priest, a teacher, care home workers, also being probed by Lancashire's police operation um, Fervent Team, launched in January. They've got 31 separate sex investigations going on, mainly at children's homes, because that appears to be the place that most of this abuse seemed to take place. It was, a, it was children's homes where the kids couldn't go anywhere anyway. And was it, who were we told about a short while ago? We used to go round there and say, oh, I'll, I'll take so-and-so out for the day. And the staff must have known what was going on. You don't just have a perfect stranger turning up to take somebody out for the day. And, um, and that's why, you know, people were able to get away with it for, for such a long, long time. Uh, a studio flat the size of a prison cell is up for sale in West London. If you live out of London, you will be laughing yourself silly with this one because you can probably buy a small estate in Liverpool. This is £295,000, so just shy of £300,000. It is so small, you can operate the microwave from the bed. It's in South Kensington on Princess Gate, and it's attracted comments on social media. Um... Somebody says here, my best offer for this place would be a pepperami and a Euro million scratch card. Can't promise that the pepperoni won't be half eaten. Basically, it's the size of a, se- size of a cell. But the reason that this will sell might not be going for £300,000 is because people who live out of London need a place in town. And it's cheaper to do that than pay to live in a hotel. So they buy a property and it's just basically enough room for a bed, a shower and a microwave and probably your television. And that's it. Your clothes. I don't know where they're they're supposed to go. I've got no idea. No idea at all. But it will sell. It absolutely will sell. That's the uh, that's the thing that you can always be sure of. Oh, OK, magazine. Still got dreary old Pete and Emily Andre's wild wedding party. No celebrities at all, I'm afraid. They certainly didn't have first time round. I shall have to check 
uh, today. I might even I might even actually buy a copy. I'm a bit I'm a bit good like that. I might buy it and then check and let you know tomorrow just whether or not there were any any celebrities who turned up. I suspect that there weren't. Mainly because I don't think Peter knows any celebrities. You see, the last lot came from uh, old Bilbo Baggins herself, old Price, the, the old Pricey, always righty the Pricey, unfortunately always wrongy the Pricey, and uh, and she she knew half-heartedly some people who turn up for a, a free bit of food. Consequently, Paul Pete hasn't got any celebrity friends at all because he doesn't he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't go out to anything. He doesn't really. I don't think he knows how to have a conversation. I don't think he's very good at things like that. Which is a shame. Anyway, Janet Street Porter, in all the papers, as I say, uh, she faced reaction yesterday. She criticised Prince George. She's 68. She infuriated the programme's viewers after joking about the future king, discussing a new photograph of Prince George released by Kensington Palace to mark his second birthday. Uh, Street Porter criticised his £85 Rachel Riley outfit. Quite frankly, he looks like a cross-dressing millionaire. All over the country, it's other two-year-old's birthdays, so happy birthday commoners, she said. She thinks she's being controversial, but she's 68. She's gone a bit doolally. She doesn't know where she is half the time. They wheel her out. They fill her with formaldehyde. She sits there, spouts an utterance. They go, oh, well done, Janet. OK, plug her chair back in again. That's <laughs> as good as it gets, isn't it, really? And do you remember I told you the story of uh, Violet Zabo? Violet Zabo was uh, executed. Uh, she was caught in occupied France. Um, this is in the, uh, the Second World War. She was tortured and she was awarded the George Cross. It was quite a rarity for a George Cross to be awarded to a woman. And it was her daughter. If you've seen the film, you, just, you have to watch the film because the film is carved her name with pride with Virginia McKenna, who attended this auction in London when this medal came up because it was her little daughter who went to collect the medal from Buckingham Palace. And uh, she's had it for ages. And her name's Tanya. Uh, Tanya is now um, about 70, I think. And she, she needs the money. She's had this George Cross all her life. Now she's got to those years now. And she thinks that, you know, a lot more people should be able to see it. Uh, she lives in Wales. The decision to, uh, to sell it, it also comes with the French Croix de Guerre, was difficult, but it was an important one for the nation. She said it's an excellent result. It went for £260,000. Now, that is a record, I think, for a, for a George Cross. Uh, the person who bought it was the person that I appealed to on air to buy it, because he's bought lots of these before, and this is Lord Ashcroft. And um, he bought the medal, so I'm delighted he did, because if you go... To the Imperial War Museum, there is a room which is set aside for the Lord Ashcroft collection of all of these uh, George medals and Victoria crosses and everything else. And this one's this one's very, very important. And I'm sure that they've even built the cabinet already to hold it. And it will be seen there by everybody. And it's a piece of history. Unfortunately, Violette uh, Zabo didn't see it. That's why her daughter had to go and collect it. But the fact she had to sell it was a, a big decision. She was executed at the age of just 23 in a concentration camp. One of four women to be awarded the George Cross, which is the second highest military honour. Her first mission to help the French resistance involved being parachuted behind enemy lines. Picked up, flown home, but not before a daring shopping trip to Paris to buy Tanya an expensive dress. She was caught when her cover was blown on her last mission two days after, and Tanya, who was four, wore the dress that her mother had bought her in Paris when she went to Buckingham Palace to receive the medal from King George 
the 6th. It's a, it's a stunning story, and the film, as anybody over the age of 50 will tell you, is a piece of landmark history. It really is. It's, it's a super film. And so I'm glad that Lord Ashcroft bought it. I'm absolutely thrilled that uh, he said he's thrilled as well to have acquired such an iconic medal group awarded to a remarkable woman. I was hoping that it didn't go abroad. I was hoping that he would he would outbid everybody else. And our wish came true. So you'll get to see it very shortly. And, and I hope you do go down there. You should go to the Imperial War Museum. It's, uh, it's not a celebration of war. It's to explain everything. And touching it is. News at six o'clock coming up on LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I'm so intrigued by a cream that can shrink your bust. I mean, how much cream would you need to put on? I'm assuming... Oh, I don't, is this for women or is this for men? Is this for... Well, I mean, I don't know. I only asked the question because I haven't actually read the story yet. Uh, the Jet Set Lotto winner. He turns out to be a fame-hungry skint hoaxer. But he managed to hoax quite a few television programmes, including MTV. How embarrassing. The West Bromwich Albion footballer James McLean turned his back on our national anthem, wouldn't wear a poppy. More than happy to take the money, pal, aren't you? West Bromwich Albion, I don't know why they've even kept him. No jail for the vile Chelsea racists. And, um... The Harrods Cake Man loses his million-pound fight. Can't wait to tell you on LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Five minutes past six. It's Thursday morning. It's nice to have your company. It's the 23rd of July. Russell Brand, more foolish remarks, but then every time this poor creature opens his mouth, he talks absolute gibberish. No jail for the vile Chelsea racist. The number of Muslim prisoners in British jails hits an all-time high. 12,000. The Harrods Cake Man loses a million-pound fight. X Factor faces a fixed row as Rita Ora's dancers get through to boot camp. Bankrupt 50 Cent admits his flash lifestyle is fake. More pictures in OK Magazine of their dreariest wedding of the year as we drag out Peter Andre's boring existence. And the X Sock Shop boss in benefit fraud. You try saying it at this time of the morning. Plus the war medals. Victoria Zabos, uh, which have been bought and hopefully will appear... At the, uh, at the Imperial War Museum, Lord Ashcroft bought them. And at 100 years old, here she is, it's Nellie Silito. She reveals how to stay in peak condition. 100... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm so excited about the whole thing, actually. Excuse me, one minute. Huh? Mm. 100 years old. Do you know they actually make a balloon with 100 on it now? I suppose because more and more people are living to 100. And the secret of longevity. Here we go, ready? Climbing mountains. Yes, she's a grandmother of four. She turned 100 on Sunday. She spent family holidays conquering Europe's tallest peaks. She and her husband, Reginald, conquers mountains in Switzerland, Austria and Northern Italy for 50 years. Members of their local rambling club. Uh, they celebrated her 70th birthday by scaling Mount Snowdon in North Wales. Now elder son, Richard Sillito, who's 71 believes it's his parents' love of the outdoors that helped Nellie reach her 100th birthday. Um, she's in a care home. She uh, worked as a domestic science teacher. Uh, asked what it was like being 100. She said, just like any other day, you have to make the best of this world. 100. She was living independently uh, up until three weeks ago, and she suffered a fall, and so now she's in a care home. And Reginald, who became chief finance officer for an oil firm after serving in the army, passed away at the age of 92. 
in 2008. But uh, Nelly's still going. So if you want to uh, if you want to live to a long time, start climbing mountains, ladies and gentlemen. Start climbing mountains. That is that is the thing to do. But frankly, it fills me with absolute horror climbing mountains. Uh, front pages of the papers will run through including uh, the story about the British girl who dies in this bungee jump horror. I mean, who'd have, who'd have thought that anything would happen? I don't think, to be honest with you, that there have been that many deaths. But, I mean, one, one death in bungee jumping is one death too many. And uh, people do it in Spain. People, you know, do that. I've seen them on the television doing it, and I've often thought, you must be mad. Absolutely, completely stark staring mad. I wouldn't do it. Um... And her father's now searching for answers. I don't think there are any answers. I really don't think there are. I think it's just a bungee jump that went um, terribly, terribly wrong. There's also um, uh, Tony Blair. It's just plain daft to back Corbyn. But uh, unfortunately for him, people have uh, chosen not to uh, listen to him. A woman of 106 was among thousands of victims on sucker lists used by fraudsters in mail scams. Now, you know that we've talked a lot on LBC about this. Many handed over hundreds of thousands of pounds, often their life savings, to these scam fraudsters. The scale of the fraud could be as high as 10 billion, with 74 being the average age of targets. One woman... Uh, Marilyn Baldwin set up the Think Jessica charity in memory of her late mother. She got 30,000 letters over five years. And these were some of the big charities as well who bombarded. Shameful charities. Shameful. They know exactly what was going on. They're raising money, but they don't care who they target. I mean, chuggers in the street. I mean, to be honest with you, I could lay them out. Seriously. I don't know why the police have never stopped chuggers. I thought thought there was an anti-begging law in this country. And they are begging. They stand in front of you. Hello. Get out of my way. That's what, I mean, I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. They turn up. Somebody will turn up who's team leader. And they've generally got a black plastic sack with them. And inside of their fluorescent jacket. So they stand there all having a fag. Put the thing on. They've all been briefed on what the, on what the, uh, the spiel is. And then they launch into it. Hello. Hello. I think they're all actors or actresses. Because nobody could be that fake standing on a street, and, uh, and they've all got a phone on, and uh, I don't want any money. Can I just uh, the other The other day, he came up with the classic one. I nearly hit him. Nearly hit him. But luckily, I'm not a violent person. He said, just one question. And, of course, people stop. People, I felt like saying to them, don't. Because when I turned round, three minutes later, she's still standing there talking to him. And she looked reasonably intelligent. That's the problem, isn't it, nowadays? Um... A lot of people telling me more about these sleeves that you can get for your uh, phones, uh, for your cards, so that you don't get anything uh, ripped off, OK? And uh, Wendy says, I've just signed up to six months of podcasts, so you can cheer my day up whenever and wherever you want. Well, we certainly do that. When somebody says, what are you doing going to Regent's Park when you've got Richmond Park on the doorstep? What, are you stupid or something? I'm in London. I'm in London. I wouldn't want to go all the way out to Regent's Park. Sorry, all the way out to Richmond Park. Go, bloody honestly. People on medication at this time of the morning. I can't deal with anybody who, who deals with doctors at this time. It's ridiculous. Other stories which are in the papers today. I can't get over the pictures of Tilda Swinton. It is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, there's a, a man called Sean Benson. Uh, Sean Benson made £1.3 million, uh, known as Sir King Cash. And he's just gone to, uh, to prison for seven years. He made a lot of money using a bank account belonging to a Chinese toy seller. So seven years in prison for him. His accomplice got, I think... 18 months suspended for two years. Um, I will light you up. 
cop tells driver who died in cell. This is in America. A policeman told a black motorist, I will light you up. When he stopped her in a car days before she was found dead in a jail cell, a video was released of the confrontation between the white Texas officer and 28-year-old Sandra Bland after he pulled her over for a minor traffic offence near Houston. Uh, the state trooper, Brian Ensenia, tries to drag her from the car, draws his stun gun and threatens that he will light you up. Authorities say Miss Bland hanged herself in a cell three days after her arrest, but her family insists she wouldn't have committed suicide. It's the latest US incident involving claims of racism and police brutality. It's not good, is it? And uh, I've seen it. I didn't know what it was I was watching, actually. I saw it a number of times up on, uh, up on Sky. Rapper 50 Cent has uh, ditched the bling as he turned up for his latest bankruptcy court hearing, wearing a plastic watch. A failed singer as well now. Can't even get a record in the charts, poor soul. Um... He's got to pay £3.2 million in damages over a leaked sex tape. He said the luxury cars he drives uh, and the lavish jewellery and music videos were all rented or borrowed. He exaggerated his fortune, he said, and claims he only owns three gold chains and a Casio watch. In other words, another fake fraud person who's up there, you know, doing all this. Oh, my God. What are they waste? Oh, hilarious. Hilarious, ladies. I knew it had to happen. Jessica Wright. Jessica Wright is on TOWIE. Jessica Wright has written book, she tells us. And um, they, they ask her the question, who's the lead character in your... This is Jessica Wright. This is the most boring character in TOWIE. This is the woman who is so dull, she can't even find a man because she's, she's, she's the one who spends all her time crying because she's such a waste of space. Anyway, her lead character is called Megan in the book. I mean, do you know, it beggars belief that she can even write. I mean, I'm quite staggered by this. She says she is her own character... But I wanted to incorporate parts of my personality in her, like she's ambitious and she's she's doing a shoe line, which I am too. It's coming out next month. I have a passion for shoes. It's unbelievable. You are the world's most intelligent woman, aren't you? She says, I have hundreds. My Valentinos are my favourite. They're pink, green and yellow. Jessica Wright is 29, incidentally. And you, you might have been forgiven for thinking she was about 12 years old, but no, she's pushing 30 from the wrong side. And um, what else does she say here? Do you find it hard constantly being in the limelight? It can be, as viewers only see such a small fragment of our lives. It can be very frustrating when parts of my life aren't shown in a completely true way, but I have a thick skin. You certainly have, dear, if you can find it under all that makeup. Have you given up on your pop career? I love the questions they ask. No, I'm focusing on my fashion brand, shoes and the book, but I'll get in the studio soon. I don't really know why you're bothering, dear. Seriously, I can't think who's going to buy the book. Really? She says, you must be crazy busy. This is one of the questions. Yes, I've just modelled and summer swimwear range, but I'd really love to go on Strictly Come Dancing. In other words, there's no other work in the pipeline. And so she needs to do something. She needs to get something in. And so now, as opposed to sort of saying to the agent, can you get me on this? They blatantly do a plug. I'm Jessica Wright. Can you get me on Strictly Come Dancing? We've got it with the other one, haven't we? You're going to have to suffer with Michelle Heaton. There's a woman whose uh, language needs toning down just uh, a little bit. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, There were two words I never thought I'd hear in the same sentence, Beckham and reality. And happy birthday to my near neighbour, young Neil. Yes, many happy returns to, uh, to Neil, who is celebrating his birthday today. And so he should, because he's reached the ripe old age of... <coughs> Something. I mean, we don't do ages on this uh, programme. He says, uh, we're taking Teddy to Colchester Zoo today, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm such a big kid at heart, but why not? We're eagerly awaiting our quails, having chicks, mother hens, sitting on ten eggs. He says, uh, he says thanks again, Steve. 
As, uh, as you said, I'll have a great day today. Definitely. One day out, Kevin and I said could have been twins. I know, thank God you weren't, eh? Thank, can you imagine how dreadful that would be? You'd have to start sharing, oh, Lord, sharing birthdays, the same cake. Actually, go and have a look at those lovely birthday cakes on Jane Asher's site. God, some cakes on there, I tell you. I might do one for my next big birthday, which will be um, 50. So, anyway, looking forward to... Shut up. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20. Eva celebrates a birthday today. And uh, Chris says we're a couple of old-timers who've been listening. I like old-timers. That suits me uh, well. Uh, we've got um in Twickenham. Well, running actually from Richmond to Twickenham, down here in uh, London, they've got um, a swinging 60s shuttle bus. It's, uh, it's an old route master. And uh, they sort of talk about all the things that uh, that go on and the vast music heritage of Richmond and uh, Twickenham. And uh, Paul Endicott runs it. I think they're on Facebook. And uh, and they've probably got a website. Oh, they have got a website. It's www.60sbus.london. 60sbus.london. And uh, you, you buy a ticket and it takes you from Richmond, I think, outside Waitrose. And you go all the way through to Teddy, which is a good idea, isn't it? So uh, you can check them out. On the subject of buses, the problem with Boris buses, says John Napper, is that they were designed to fulfil political whim and rushed into service. Because you know they've got huge problems, which we've done on this programme. Back in the 1950s, the original route master was designed to a specification laid down by London Transport, who wanted a reliable bus that would meet the requirements of operating in London. Prototypes ran in service for two years, numerous modifications made before production finally began. The result was the famous route master buses that ran for decades past their design life. If only the Boris buses had gone through the same process, said John. Yes, I mean, the route master's still running. They've got a route master running uh, for the 60s uh, bus for the Music Heritage London Limited. And uh, they're lovely. They use them for wedding buses and everything else. The Boris buses, tra- I've never been on one. Oh, well, once, I tell a lie, I went on one of them. And uh, really awful. The heat and everything. They've just, they're just not been designed properly. Anyway, can you give a quick mention to Richard Baker in Tunbridge Wells? who was surprised to hear you mention me when I last emailed you a couple of weeks ago, says John Napper, who is happily retired in Rio de Janeiro. So, uh, good for you. Uh, Armenda says, Steve, I've been doing this for ages. You can park for two hours free using the long-stay car park at Stansted and use their bus direct to the terminal. There you go. He's on the... Uh, he does the shuttle, I think, so he should know about it, shouldn't he? Uh, I work for a, a small charity, says Maddie, near South End. Honestly, we never stop anybody in the street. If we have permission to collect anywhere, there are strict guidelines. We're not even allowed to shake the collecting pot. I do appreciate what you're saying, though. I've been stopped in streets by charities trying to sign you up for something. But honestly, not all of the same. No, the, uh, the chuggers, though, are... You know, it is begging. It's legalised begging. I don't know how they're allowed to... And they terrorise people. You know, women pushing prams. Get out of the way. The one way to stop them, very simple, just pretend you're on the telephone. Just hold your phone up to your ear. That means that they won't go anywhere near you. Steve, says Peter, could I not put some tin foil in my wallet to protect the data on my cards? Possibly you could. If they're that cheap, there can't be much to them, can there, really? Uh, Violetta Zabo. Zabo was my childhood heroine, says Pauline. Her story haunted me for many years. I read Carve Her Name with Pride many, many years ago when going to the library. Her story haunted me. It's wonderful to hear you acknowledge her. Well, they've um, just sold her medals and they're going to be in the Imperial War Museum. And that, as far as I'm concerned, is, uh, is a happy ending to a, a story that had a, that had a, a tragic ending. 
84850stevenlbc.co.uk. And uh, somebody says, I once had a cat that used to retrieve pens that I put on the window ledge. Right. Steve, if you see a chugger, use another unsuspecting member of the public as a decoy. Then you sail past. No, all you do is you just hold your phone up to your ear. They're not allowed to go anywhere near you. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here. This is, we read everything out on the programme. We don't miss anything out at all. I think we're nearly up to date, actually. Uh, a lot of people talking about the uh, programme last night. It's up on the LBC website, where you can find people admitting to smoking cannabis. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Uh, front page of the Metro. A swift apology for Minaj. Twitter storm as Taylor takes offence, then U-turns. Fashion student killed instantly on bungee jump. TV Janet, TV Janet, old woman passed her sell-by, calls little George a cross-dresser. That's rich from some of the outfits she wears. Uh, The Daily Express, British girl dies in bungee jump horror. Jab will halt Alzheimer's. A new drug reduces symptoms by 34%. James Bond is back. That's all they were talking about yesterday was James Bond. Uh, Front page of the Daily Star... X-Factor facing a fixed row after Rita Ora's backing dancers sailed through to boot camp. Twins Polly and Sophia Dunningham have toured with Rita and even appeared on one of her hit videos. I mean, it sounds like a bit of a fiddle to me. And um, Russell Brand, apparently some sort of lame comedian, I think, from Donkeys years ago, uh, sparked a royal storm by calling the Queen Mrs. Bratversh Kraut Nazi. As I say, the sort of people who go and see Russell Brand are generally people on medication. There's something the matter with them, as indeed there is something the matter with poor old Russell Brand, passed his sell-by about 30 years ago. Uh, The Sun have the jet-set lotto winner. He's just a a fame-hungry skint hoaxer. He's not working. Hope to God he's not claiming benefits, otherwise we'll all have something to say. And um, and poor old useless Gemma Collins wants to go back in the jungle. Obviously nothing else in the cards for next year. Uh, the Daily Mirror, we meet again Mr Bond. The Alzheimer's miracle drug has saved my life. The new treatment. And uh, money off vouchers for Aldi with the sun. The male are doing the cream. I'm not even going to go through it, to be honest with you, because it's in their female section of the uh, of the paper. It's a cream that can shrink your bust. So whilst everybody's having sort of cream that you, you know, or sort of operations to make your bust bigger, here's one that can shrink your bust. I never believe anything like that. How can you shrink your bust? Because if it works on your bust, could it shrink your stomach at the same time? In which case, me and the producer will buy a vat load of this stuff. Thank you very much indeed. All you've got to do is cover yourself in it and, you know, and it gets smaller. That would be the miracle of all miracles. Uh, The fraud alert over the new tap and pay bank cards. So that's a good idea. It means that uh, you don't need to worry about it because we told you exactly what you've got to go and look for. And if you missed it, you'll have to podcast the programme. Uh, the child abuse cover up at the heart of government is running on the front page of The Times. Uh, together with the story, are you ashamed of your sausages? It's never actually crossed my mind before, but I might have to have a second look a little bit later on today. The BBC's top woman in politics. Apparently she's been around the block about a few times and uh, she's delighted and shocked. Oh, dear. Nothing worse than being shocked, is there? And why your oregano? It's not all that it seems. Well, buy fresh. Buy fresh. Mind you, nobody knows what uh, herbs look like. The amount of people who go to Paul Cooper's shop, pick up something and go, is this mint or is this basil or is this... And he goes, no, that's... that." No. People find it. Uh, the longest, <coughs> excuse me, suicide vote in history is the front of the Independent. This is all the, uh, the front runners for the leadership of the party. And dementia drugs shows promise is on the front of the Have a great day today. I'm back with you tomorrow. You can listen to LBC whenever and wherever you like by downloading the LBC app. 
I have uh, quite a number of apps, a free podcast up for you up in a few minutes' time. If you missed any of today's show, there is this podcast app. It's on the LBC website. Download it for free. Works for iPhones and Android phones as well. I'll be back tomorrow morning. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. Coming up at seven this morning, Nick Ferrari. But next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. This is LBC. LBC.